Blog Talk Radio. God afternoon. I'm your host, Minister Myrene Wise, and welcome to the Love Gospel Hour. If you enjoy gospel music and an inspirational word, you come to the right place now. Let's get your praise on. We have come to celebrate the faithfulness of God, a covenant God, a merciful God, even to a thousand generations. His compassion fails not. He is eternal forever. Come on, let the redeemed of the Lord say so.
Heavenly Father, Lord God, we just thank you for all that you do for us, Lord. We're asking and praying, Lord, that you open hearts, minds, and and souls, Lord, and uh, so that we can receive, Father, what you have for us to receive, Lord. I'm asking that you sit down. I'm asking, Lord, that you allow me to sit down and that you stand up in me, Father. And, Lord, help me to just say those things you would have me to say. These things I pray in your Holy Son, Jesus' name. Amen. Michael Jackson made popular a song called Man in the Mirror, written by Sadah Garrett. Michael loved this song so much that it's the only song lyric to be quoted on the album. Not the whole song, but the key line. If you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and make a change. The message goes hand in hand, I believe, with the scriptures that I will talk about on today. The man in the mirror. When I read our text verses, I thought of the lyrics in particular. I'm starting with the man in the mirror. I'm asking him to change his ways. And no message could have been any clearer. If you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and then make a change. I believe that if we stop looking so hard at others and their mistakes and their mishaps or what you perceive as their sins and start focusing on what we are doing, start looking at the man, start looking at the woman in the mirror, what a difference we could make. Today I want to make three points on why looking at the man or woman in the mirror as opposed to those all around us is one aspect of what Jesus is is expecting in order for us to live a life that he will be pleased with. Um, Matthew 5, 6, and 7 are what is known as the Sermon on the Mount. And this is Jesus' longest, most detailed teaching recorded in the Gospels. It contains some of the most essential principles of living genuine Christian life. Here in chapter 7, starting in verse 1, is where I want to start today. Verse 1 and 2 says, don't criticize and then you won't be criticized. For others will treat you as you treat them. The word criticize is the same as judge in other versions of the Bible. You know, judge not that ye be not judged. Greek for judge is krino, to distinguish or to separate, to try or to condemn. It means to punish. Oswald Chambers, the author of My Utmost for His Highest, states that Jesus would say to us as disciples, cultivate the uncritical temper. Beware of anything that puts you in the superior person's place. Stop having a measuring rod for other people. There's always one fact more in every man's case about which we know nothing. In other words, we don't see everything. We don't know all the facts. He also noted, who of us would dare to stand before God and say, my God, Judge me as I have judged my fellow man. Put you in the mind of another very familiar verse in the Bible. You know, forgive me as I forgive others. When you think about how you judge, when you think about how you forgive, that's a scary thought, isn't it? James 4.11 says, and I paraphrase, stop judging your brother. Criticism or being judgmental of one another is probably the most widespread sin among Christians. It is a passion we can indulge without feeling much guilt because we have come up with ways to disguise it. Jesus told this parable in Luke 18. He says, two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, you know, robbers and evildoers and adulterers or even like that tax collector. I fast twice a week, and I give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. The Pharisees, uh, instead of praying for his own problem, praying for his own situation, compared himself to the tax collector. He does this to ensure that he does not look as bad as the other guy. He did not recognize that he had a big old rotten board sticking out of his eye. What he did not realize is that this tax collector was petitioning God for his own problems, 
He was begging God to have mercy, to have unmerited favor on himself. Praying as this Pharisee is a way of venting our critical, judgmental, harsh, discontented, loveless spirit. If I put you down, then perhaps I can feel lifted up. But James says, stop. So Matthew 7, verse 1 and 2 are simply stating to not be hypocritical, not be judgmental of your brother or your sister or your friend or your neighbor or your coworker or the person standing next to you or sitting next to you. Do not be a fault finder. You just simply don't have enough information. And as the scripture continues on to say, whatever standard you are judging others with, those same standards will be applied to you. Second, the scripture says in verse 3, and why worry about a speck in the eye of a brother when you have a board in your own? You see, we have a tendency to be so concerned about the other person that we have not taken the time to deal with our own problems. The board and the speck are metaphors or represent our moral presence or how we are living life. Those with specks are those with small faults, and those with boards in their eyes are those with greater faults, which we overlook in ourselves. The scripture says if you're walking around with sin in your life taken care of, and then you can see clearly to help someone with their sin. In John 8, uh, we see a situation where Jesus is trying to teach a crowd of people that had gathered around him. The scripture says that as he was speaking, the scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the very act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Then they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the very act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. So, Jesus, what do you say? Well, most of us know this story. Jesus stoops down and begins to write on the ground. Then he gets up and says, he that is without sin among you, let him cast the first stone. He that does not have a board in their eye, he that can see clearly to remove this speck in this woman's eye. If you don't have any sins, then start throwing stones at this woman. Then he stooped back down and he began writing in the dust again. And, you know, we don't know what he wrote. Uh, The scriptures never tell us. However, Using my sanctified imagination, I believe that he began writing down the sins of the ones that brought this woman to him. As they began to see their names and their sins, they began to leave the scene. He could have just wrote, Michael, thief, stop, liar, Martin, adulterer. You get the picture. If I was to start naming sins, all of us at one point or another would begin to squirm in our seats. Because the scripture says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The scribes and the Pharisees did not want to deal with the sins in their own life. This would not have served their purpose. You see, their main purpose was to trip Jesus up. That's why they did not bring the man that this woman was caught in adultery with. Because, you know, you can't commit adultery all by yourself. So the law of Moses in Leviticus 20 and 10 says that the man, the adulterer, and the adulteress shall surely be put to death, both of them. Unfortunately, our own sin never seems as sinful as the sin of others. We care so much about what someone else is doing to the extent that we ignore or miss what God wants to do in us as individuals. The scripture says, why worry about a speck in the eye of a brother? Why do you keep looking at that speck? Or better yet, why are you looking for specks? Why are you being a fault finder? Christ does not want us to be looking for faults in others. He would prefer that we look at our own lives and get that together. He would prefer that we look at the man in the mirror, the woman in the mirror. I'm sure you're thinking someone else should be hearing this, but I believe that the People listening are the ones that need to hear this message. First Thessalonians 4.11 says, This should be your ambition, to live a quiet life, minding your own business and doing your own work. We spend a lot of time in other people's business. 
Have you ever thought about the fact that while we are searching out the faults in others, looking for their specs, judging one another, it becomes more difficult to do an acceptable job of judging ourselves? Iyanla Van Zant puts it this way. Your willingness to look at your darkness is what empowers you to change. The bottom line is that you really don't have the right to demand someone else to remove their problems to change without first acknowledging and going to work on your own. And finally, verse 5 says, hypocrite. First get rid of the board, then you can see to help your brother. See, when you get on the airplane, one of the first things that happens is the safety announcement. The airline flight attendant says, as a part of his or her presentation, in the event of a change in cabin pressure, panels above your head will open, revealing oxygen masks. Pull the mask down toward you to activate the flow of oxygen. Cover your nose and mouth with the mask. Place the elastic band around your head and continue to breathe normally. Remember to secure your own mask before assisting others. Are you being a hypocrite? Are you assisting everyone around you first by judging them and criticizing them before you have secured your own mask? before you have secured your own safety net, before you have secured your own salvation, what will happen in most cases is that you will die in your sin because you have not taken the opportunity to look in the mirror. I'm not talking about the physical mirror. I'm talking about the Bible. As we read and we study our Bibles and do what our Bibles tell us to do, God will create that change in our lives. Are you a hypocrite? A hypocrite is a person who engages in the same behaviors he condemns others for. A person who pretends to have virtues or moral beliefs. A person who pretends to have principles. That takes me to 2 Samuel chapter 12 where Nathan confronts David with a story concerning two men. One was rich and the other one was poor. The rich man had lots of sheep and cattle. The poor man only had one little female lamb. Uh, This lamb was like a daughter to him because he had raised it from the time it was a baby. And then the rich man had a visitor to town, and he did not want to kill any of his many cattle for the feed. So he took the one little lamb of the poor man and prepared dinner. David was very angry when he heard this story. He was sitting mad. In fact, he says, I solemnly swear as the Lord lives, the man who did this, certainly deserves to die. Nathan then told David, this rich man is you, David. You know, David, you have lots of wives, you have all these concubines, and you had Uriah the Hittite killed in battle so that you could take his one and only wife. You see in the story, David was definitely a hypocrite. He could see the wrong in the other person's life, this fictional person's life, but he could not see that same wrong in himself. However, David prayed for God to create in him a clean heart. David looked into the mirror and saw that he needed to make a change. Jesus spoke against judging others probably because he was judged so much. Those judging Jesus did not have enough information. They did not know, nor did they understand exactly what was going on with him. They had no idea that they were judging Uh, placing judgment on the Son of God, that they were placing judgment on the Alpha and the Omega, the author and the finisher of our faith. They had no idea that they were placing judgment on the captain of our salvation, the chief cornerstone. They had no idea that they were placing judgment on the Lord, your Redeemer, the Lord, my Redeemer, the Lord God Almighty. They had no idea that they were placing judgment on the master, not only of the sea, but the master of everything. They had no idea that they were placed in judgment on the great I am. They had no idea that they were placed in judgment on the only one that could have saved them. You have no idea who you may be placing judgment on. You don't have enough information. Look at the man in the mirror. Look at the woman in the mirror. Be critical of that one. Assist that one first. And then you can help someone else. Get that board out of your eye so you can see clear to get the speck out of mine. 
James 1, 22 through 25 says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror, for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. He looks in the mirror, he sees he has a dirty nose, then he walks away without even cleaning it. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Are you ready to be blessed in what you do? Are you ready to start working that board out of your eyes to make a change in your life? Then it's time to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Are you ready to start with the man in the mirror? Are you asking him to change his ways? No message could be any clearer. If you want to make the world a better place, whether that's the whole world or just your little world, take a look at yourself and then make a change. You got to get it right while you got the time because when you close your heart, you can't close your mind. You can only make that change, a true change, when you look in that mirror and Jesus is looking back. Thank you, and God bless you. Oh, yeah. Lord, I thank you for forgiving me. Over and over again, yeah I'm calling on you, Heavenly Father I'm down on my knees Say call on you no matter the hour Lord, I'm in need I've been messing up, done lost my house, done lost my job Why walking out? These church folks say they my friends But I'm all they talk about I've been doing wrong, I'm so sorry Lord, please forgive me We confess to Him, He'll remove all wickedness The blood from Your Son will wash me Yeah. 
I can introduce you to the best queen alive. Every now and then we all go through a little strife. But if you let him, he will change your life. Now I can hear you saying that life's been rough. Oh yeah, you've been going through a whole lot of stuff. God specializes in the impossible. Just trust and believe.
that you know that God can and he will turn things around for you, and that calls for a praise break. Cause it rained on your parade Seems nobody cares about you anyway Now you're living your life like a castaway Search for strength and time Was it all in vain? Cause the deeper you dig You find more and more pain Don't let your tomorrow be like yesterday Cause I spoke to God I called out your name And on your behalf